What's up, guys? Rick here with your Wednesday live chat for this week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. It's questions. It's hopefully some good answers. It's data analysis. Go ahead and drop whatever you want in the chat right now. If you want to talk about bets, that's cool. You want to talk about DFS? Cool. You want to talk about um, props? Sweet. You want to talk about Seinfeld? Cool. Whatever you want to talk about, this time is yours. Um Let's just not waste any more time. Let's jump into it. Hank Pender says, any love for either Martin Laird or Luke List this week? Um, probably a little bit more Luke List, but let's just look at this together. This is, uh, oh, I didn't even share my screen. We're off to a great roaring start here. How about that? Okay. Um, I think off the top of my head, I would I would think it would be Luke List, but let's actually see how these guys have been playing. What I'm showing you is is my website. It's rickrungood.com, giant golf database for fantasy and betting. You should use it. Oh, boy. Not good here from Luke List, right? Three, three straight missed cuts, four out of his last five. The ball striking numbers, while awesome at the Travelers, have not really been good outside of that, and the putter continues to be really, really bad. Wow, that's shockingly bad. Martin Laird. Has got to be better than that. Yeah, he is. Uh, better results, better ball striking, just as equally of, of bad as bad of, as a putter. Actually, probably not. He's probably a better putter than Luke List is, and he's losing two strokes per every single start. So, okay, let's giddy up on on uh, Martin Laird here. Which stack is better for this week? Cantlay, Fitz, and Pendrith, or Finau, Sungjae, and Willie Z? Uh, I believe the latter, Finau, M, Willie, Z. Why is nobody talking about Jordan Spieth? Can he be a low-owned play? Uh, I tend to agree with this, right? It's kind of like a Spieth-y time of year. It's kind of like a low-key Spieth spot. So um, I have his projected ownership right now, and I just re-ran these to get Morikawa out, or uh, not to get Morikawa out, to get Hideki Matsuyama out. Um, I have Jordan Spieth at 9.3%, basically the lowest owned of anybody over $7,800, right? Like pretty significantly low. Um, look at the metrics here. Look at the way he drives it. Off the tee's been great. The approach play, awesome. That obviously equals great ball striking. It obviously equals around the green play. Remember when we were saying, man, Jordan Spieth's doing it so differently now. He's not putting well anymore, uh, but he's like the best approach player on tour. Well, he's putting well again. Not not to the superhuman levels that he was, you know, in 2019 and previous, but he's gained strokes with the putter in three straight, four of his last five, five of his last six. The only week he lost was the U.S. Open. He lost a quarter of a stroke over four rounds. So, yeah, like I'm in. I'm, I'm kind of in here on on Jordan Spieth. So I don't know what else there is to say about that, right? Coming in off of two top 10 finishes, let's go. Thoughts on Trey Molinax at $6,500, asks Matt. He's been more accurate over his last 16 rounds with good ball striking, good course history, only eight rounds though. Let's look at it together. One really good week of ball striking, which he won. That's a good sign. Putter's fine. Yeah, I mean, this looks like a little bit of improvement. I think he's like in way over his head here, right? Like if you start looking at last 24 rounds, um, where does Trey Molinax show up here? Do I have to do I have to search for him or should I just continue to scroll? Okay, 81st in raw strokes gain. I bet you if we go to weighted strokes gain, so he was 81st, he is 88th. So he doesn't drop that much, but I, I think it does at least illustrate that his success is coming 
a bit more at least in some of these weaker field weaker field events. Now you put him in a big boy field, I get a little bit worried about that. Alex Smalley is the question here from C Pup. Uh, let's see. We can look at a couple different things here from Smalley. So uh, it's pretty good ball striking, right? He's gained six, eight, and eight in three of his last six. The putter kind of all over the place, but he finally gained strokes at the Wyndham. Putts best on Bermuda. In fact, it's the only surface that he actually gains strokes on. Sorry, I should have been showing you my screen the entire time here. Here's the, the Bermuda. He's the only surface that he gains strokes on. It's been good off the tee. Again, not bad. You guys are finding the good guys. Let's look at Bermuda putting in general for... Uh, just PGA tour events. Let's do like since the start of 2021, everybody in this field, uh, Tom Kim only has five rounds on Bermuda, but he's been great. Where would Alex Smalley rank here? Okay. Basically he's basically Peter Malnati, Russell Henley, Sam Ryder-ish on Bermuda since the start of 2021. It's not bad. It's not bad. Denver Timmy. Uh, oh, I scrolled past it. It was a one and done question. Um, Morikawa and Scotty Scheffler left. Who would be better for this week? Who's best for Wilmington? We're trying to get as much information on Wilmington Country Club next week uh, as possible. It's a place we haven't gone to on tour. So I've got some boots on the ground. I've got some reconnaissance coming in. Um, I'm not ready to really dive into that yet, but I think it's a little bit about... Um, there's a lot of game theory in this, right? Do you you have to look at how many people have used both Scotty Scheffler and Colin Morikawa? If you've made it this far and you haven't used Scotty Scheffler, you're probably one of the few. You might be your risk aversion might be to a point where you think that uh, Scotty Scheffler is a better play for this week and Morikawa is a better play for next week. The idea being that you want to see something from Colin Morikawa. I think on paper this is a pretty good spot for Morikawa, but if you if you have Scheffler left, you should probably just play Scheffler. I think that's fair. I would probably go Scheffler this week, Morikawa next week. But there's few guys. Like I'm pretty comfortable using Morikawa this week. Hey Rick, I'll be at the BMW. Hope to run into you and say hi. Yep, I'll I'll be there. Uh, come find me. I'll probably tweet out where I'm at at some point. I'll definitely be there. I'll definitely be there like all day Friday. Definitely be there all day Saturday. Armina will be there as well. Um, it's Thursday and Sunday likely, but will depend a little bit on travel. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure I'll run into a lot of you guys thoughts on Bo Hostler this week is the question from Bradley. So let's look at both splits for a second. Um, he's a very good player on all surfaces. Bermuda is not his best, but it's certainly not his worst. And he's always, you can see, and has been for the entirety of his career, always been a very good putter. I worry about this. I worry that he's lost multiple strokes on approach in four out of five, and he's lost multiple strokes on approach in basically, what is that, 10 of 11, something like that, 10 of 12. He's heavily relying on the putter. The results that we were getting earlier in the year around the Players' Championship were, were better than what he's got now. Feels like he's going in the wrong direction. I'll be honest, and I love Bo. He's been on the podcast, but... um the stat profile does not align with something that I would be super, super excited for. When doing research, what criteria do you have for determining if someone is good chalk, worth eating, or bad chalk? This is for large field GPPs. So I think this is probably part of a larger conversation that needs to happen in the offseason, maybe a podcast or two, where the it's all kind of relative, right? At least by player. Like getting a like you're never gonna get a two percent owned. Uh, Justin Thomas, but is a 14% owned Justin Thomas better than a 
18% own Justin Thomas? And is it significant? So what I think we need to start doing is tying, um, and this is going to be a little bit harder in, in golf because there's not binary uh, outcomes. So the way that I would look at this is that that March Madness video that I put out every year where you're looking at leverage and you're looking at how many people pick each team to advance and their odds to for that team to actually advance. There's a binary outcome. One team is going to win. The other team is going to lose. It's going to happen every single time. Um, so you can say there is X amount of leverage on using this golfer or using this, um, this team at this ownership. I think in golf, we have to come up with what that is for us. You know, there is it, is it using the implied odds? Is it, is it a top five number, a top 20 number? Does it depend on how expensive those golfers are? Because what you could end up doing is saying, Justin Thomas is going to finish inside the top five. I don't know. Um, 15% of the time. If that is higher than his ownership, there is leverage there, right? Like, I think that's a conversation that we need to have much more in depth with data to back it up uh, with multiple minds. I, I'm not going to solve it here, but that's kind of where I'm thinking, Hank. Uh, that kind of leads to this natural question from Tire Woods, who says, who's good chalk and bad chalk? So here's here's what I have for ownership. And again, I just ran this... Um, literally 40 minutes, not even 40 minutes ago. So if you are not seeing this on your end, click refresh, or if you're in the custom model, uh, click the reset button. It, it is, it is up to date. So it's fairly spread out for everybody above Justin, uh, Jordan Spieth, you know, a couple of guys like Tony Finau are a little bit more popular. Justin Thomas, a little bit more popular. I think good chalk would be, you can make a case that Tony Finau is good chalk, right? Because I think what you he's only a couple points higher than everybody else. And when you start looking at it from like the last 24 or last 36 uh, perspective, he's like by far the best player in the field. Last 24, he is by far the best player in the field. And this has been very sticky recently, right? Like Xander won when he was tops in, in last 24 rounds. Finau did it twice, I think. Uh, JT Poston did it when he won. So it's like, it's been very, very sticky recently. Um, you get a really good discount on him and he's not exorbitantly going to be more owned than everybody else is. So I'd, I'd probably argue that's good chalk. Um, bad chalk, I could probably argue Sam Burns. Now I get the discount, but you have Victor, you have Colin, you have Sung Jay all around him, even if you want to go down to Joaquin Neiman. And it's basically all on the idea that Sam Burns is a really good Bermuda putter. And that's not that's not wrong. Um, but I also look at a, a stat profile of a guy that's lost strokes off the tee in four or five that has kind of cooled off in the ball striking numbers that is becoming more reliant on the putter. These are things that if, if this was a you know, if I just covered this up, because you guys know I'm a huge believer in Sam Burns kind of long-term as the modern golfer, but if like I just covered up his name and his photo and you showed me the stat profile, I I wouldn't be thrilled about it. I think it'd be going in the wrong direction. So that's probably two guys that I would point out as kind of good chalk slash bad, bad chalk. Um, this question is Putnam, Hadley, or Hodges uh, looking for a low-end lock? Hadley's been, I don't even know if it's low key, like low key, pretty good. Um, I think Hadley's probably the more consistent option, right? So you've got all but one uh, cut made going back to the Byron Nelson, and he's got two top tens in his last three starts. He has a 31st at the, at the Barracuda before that. He's been very, very good. Um, Lee Hodges, on the other hand, I think is kind of the more volatile option. He gets super scorching hot. 
with his irons sometimes. You can see nine strokes he gains the 3M Open. He gains 6.7 at the RBC Canadian. The putter can get hot too. I don't think there is as much consistency with Lee Hodges. So you kind of have to decide, Adam, what you want. Do you want like a little bit more safety? I think you should go with Chesson Hadley. If you want a guy who might miss the cut but might finish T7, I think you're looking at Lee Hodges. Oliver asks, hey, Rick, are you concerned about any top-priced golfers being rusty? I don't ever recall seeing so much white on the recent history section of the cheat sheet. Actually, uh, funny you say this. I'm working – I don't know if I should say that. Mm, I'll, I'll, if you're in the Slack, I've shared, I've shared a beta product with you. Um, I'll just say it. So what I, what I want to do is, is change this from – actually just like having the tournaments at the top, I guess I should show my screen, um, sharing the tournaments at the top to showing minus one week, minus two week, minus three week, just no matter how long ago it was and kind of letting you flip back and forth. And I think that might be more because like right now you're only seeing three results from, from Rory McIlroy. I think it'd be better if you were seeing eight results, no matter when they were anyway, that's a different conversation, but, um, no, I'm not particularly worried about this. You know, these guys, First of all, a lot of them are in similar boats, right? We have not seen Rory and Scotty and Xander and Cam and, and JT since the Open Championship. And they are they're in that peak mode, getting in an opportunity to, to peak for this three-event stretch, right? Be well-rested, be playing really good golf. I'm not, I'm not concerned about this at all. We see guys do this all the time. Uh, looking at Victor's profile, asked Chris, um, He's at 10 straight events where he has not gained at least four strokes ball striking. That's less than half of what he did when he was really popping. Any reason to be cautious? Here's his profile. Um, I'm not thrilled with that. Like, right, I'll be honest with you. I'm not thrilled. It is still uh, very good, right? So let's just look at the slump. He's probably... I don't know, 50th in this field in ball strike. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Let's go and just cherry pick this to be as bad as possible for Victor, which would be uh, 36 rounds. The last 36 rounds of ball striking, where does he rank? That's like the worst I can make this for him. Um, he is ranked. Hold on a second. Did I skip him? Oh, right here. Um, he's basically John Rom, right? And he's just worse than Matt Fitzpatrick. He's been better than than Hideki Matsuyama, better than JT Poston, better better than Brandon Wu and Adam Long and Sam Burns. So he's like thirty fifth. Okay, um, that's that's still pretty good. The other thing is, and this is, I I, I generally like to keep this very data driven. Um, I, I mean, Victor, it's no it's no secret that Victor works with Jeff Smith and Jeff Smith works out of Memphis and that Victor has been there for a handful of days prior to this event working. When you get an opportunity to work with your coach, uh, kind of a, a home game, when you go to TPC Southwind, which Victor called one of his favorite golf courses, a course that should benefit him, right? The total driving aspect of it. I'm not as worried about these stats uh, as much. And, and we just illustrated that he's still been pretty good even though he's in a slump. So long story short, no. Hey, Rick, I need help. One and done. I'm front running uh, with Colin, Cam Young, and Sungjae still available. What would you do? If you're front running, you probably have to play Sungjae this week. Uh, 
and then wait and see about Cam Young and Colin Morikawa. I, I just think Morikawa is probably too risky for you. And Cam, I mean, Cam Young would be fine. Cam Young or Sungjae, I'd probably lean Sungjae. It's pretty close. But if you're front running, as much as I want to play Colin Morikawa and have the cojones to be able to pull that off, and if I'm chasing, I'm definitely going to be able to do that. I've already bet him this week. Um, if you're front running in a one and done, that feels that feels a bit off. Uh, thoughts on Emiliano Grillo, who low key uh, has been much better than I than I was anticipating because I looked him up earlier. Not only are we getting the ball striking back, right, which is phenomenal because that's that's what he lost in this slump here. He was missing a ton of cuts. He missed six out of seven. He was losing strokes on approach. We've never really seen that before. He's he's back, right? He's driving it better than he has probably all year. That's not a huge exaggeration. His approach plays back, but look at this. He's gained with the putter in three straight. He's not the worst on Bermuda. It's not his best surface, but he's not the worst on it, okay? I could make a pretty strong case for Emiliano Grillo this week. Has he played here before? Has to have, right? No, first-timer. First-timer out here. Okay, I don't mind this at all. In fact, I quite like it. Oh, we have an appearance here from Cam Smith himself has jumped into the chat. He says, hey, Rick, Cam here. I'm bloody gone. Done with this tour. Fixing to get my bag here in the playoffs. Then I'm up and gone to live. Good on you. Cam Percy for breaking the news. Smart lad. Good day, Rick. Good day, Cam. Thanks for stopping in. I know you're a big fan. Likewise. Likewise. Um, hey, Rick, I usually ID 20 or so players on Monday. Then I do a, I'm assuming a DD is a deep dive or a Dungeons and Dragons uh, to cut and or add. This week, I ID'd 33 golfers having a hard time narrowing down my pool. Help. Oof. Well, I don't know if I can, right? I don't know who your golfers are. And um, I don't know how I would help you do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Go use the go use the Rick Run Good custom model. Start start uh scratching some names. I don't know how I would help you with that. Apologies. Tom says. In Phoenix, Honda, API, Jaeger lost 18 strokes off the tee. In his next 17 starts, he only lost 10 plus total. Are you buying on uh, ball striking? Putter is still here. Mess. I, I, I think I'm on the record this week that I that I do like Steven Jaeger um, quite a bit, right? There's a couple of things. So remember when he – so he got his card um, from the Corn Ferry Tour last year. And his season, like, it didn't – and he was very good on the Corn Ferry. Like, I mean, he was piling up top five finishes. He had a win. He was very, very good on the Corn Ferry. His PGA Tour season started horribly. PGA Tour career, kind of. Well, at least this season. And it's it just, he missed a bunch of cuts. He was losing strokes in the ball striking categories. Then he started to find some stuff. And he's been playing much better ever since. This is literally a tale of two golfers, right? Um, so you have to be very, very excited about what you're seeing here. He was phenomenal on Sunday at the Wyndham. Um, played well at the Rocket Mortgage. He's like 97th in the FedEx Cup standing. So he has work to do. He's got to like really gas pedal this um if he wants to make it to wilmington next week so so yes i'm i'm in um he could lose six strokes putting but he's gained five and one and a half in the last two weeks I, i'm in hey rick i'm in the chase pack of my 25 person one and done and i have victor or cam young left for this week and next week um again we don't know a lot about wilmington yet but i would probably play victor this week cam young next week Herschel says, I've got one, Rick. Driving accuracy is 13th. 
125 to 150, 23rd, 175 to 219th, edge of fairway, eighth, deep dive Glover. What do you think? Um, so I'll deep dive Glover. I don't love those, those buckets in general, right? I think they're a flawed stat, but, um, I think the good news about Glover is that he's always very much on brand, right? He is going to hit it okay. Wow, he's actually not even hitting as well as I thought. And he's going to putt horrendously. Yeah, this is not a stat profile I like. Um, I wish I wish I could. I mean, he's got very little upside. His His only top 20 this year was in January. Even on weeks where he's gained seven strokes on approach, he hasn't crack, cracked the top 20. Cause he gives it all back and then some with the putter. So no, this one, this one's pretty tough for me to swallow. Let's see what he's done at Southwind. I mean, three finishes between 49th and 57th. I don't, that, 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 that does very little for me. I, I don't think Lucas Glover, Lucas Glover, like doesn't win you any money anywhere, right? Like, is he going to win? Probably not. Is he going to finish inside the top 10? unlikely right he's done it once this year and it was in january is he gonna finish inside the top 20 unlikely he's done it once this year it was in january um maybe he's a jock mar- actually maybe he's a jock market play okay so this 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 makes sense um let's look at glover in the jock market because jock market is stock market dfs and all you have to do is outperform your expectation yeah he's not even that good here right so expectations are usually much higher on glover so you, there's a price that you pay for a guy in IPO, and then depending on his finishing position, he gets paid out. Uh, but th- th- this isn't even this isn't even good. Like Chesson Hadley's been much better. Chesson Hadley's got an average ROI over his last ten starts at 138 percent. Kurt Kitayama, one twelve. Um, I'm looking for guys that don't win that much. Like Scott Stallings, sixty percent ROI over his last ten starts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to get there on on. Um, on Lucas Glover. If you want to play jock market, uh, this is actually wrong. It says $50 deposit bonus. It's a hundred dollar. So use the code Rick. There's a link in the description. We're going to do a power hour tonight. Joe, Joe and myself on the Rick run good YouTube channel, eight 15 PM Eastern time. Um, you can bid on golfers right now. It's fun. It's actually awesome. Thoughts on Lowry this week. Okay. So <laughs> I think we can basically throw last week out the window. Um, I don't, again, I don't love to play the narrative game here. I, here I go again, but this is a situation where he thought he missed the cut and flew home, had to charter a private jet back and finish T83. So he probably lost money last week based on what that jet cost him. And the fact that he only finished T83, um, he lost 7.4 strokes putting. I'm not that worried about it. I'm actually more concerned that that is now the fifth straight week that he's lost strokes putting. I would say I'm lukewarm. I'm willing to give Lowry the benefit of the doubt here. And I'm like a six and a half out of 10 lukewarm. Like the version of, of, of Lowry that we saw this summer has been very, very good. I don't like that. He's not putting well and I can let him go for last week. But otherwise, the T to green play, the ball striking has been phenomenal. He hasn't, he has not lost ball striking since the CJ Cup. That was in October. So I, I think we can give him a little bit of a pass there. Thoughts on Ches Reedy? Yeah, generally in, right? Um, he's been phenomenal at TP. I'll just, I'll, this, this will be a good opportunity to just show you this. So if you go to the Holy Grail and just go back, like, I don't know how many years you want to go back. You can go back to all of them, but. Um, just put in Southwind for everybody in this, in this field, sort by strokes gain total. 
and look for large sample sizes. And the first name that pops up of guys that have played at least nine rounds is Ches Revy. He's played 26 rounds at TPC South when he's getting up a stroke and a half. It's more than Rory. It's better than Rory in more rounds. Um, obviously, these are all not all like there's two WGCs in here. There's a regular field event in here. They're not like the super strongest fields in the world, but two of them are. Two of them, the last two that he played was a 782 and a 688. Uh, the other ones were like 180 to, to 200 or so, but he's been awesome. He's been awesome. And obviously he just won a couple of weeks ago. So he's playing well. Yeah. I'm like, uh, let's go. I feel like I've said that about everybody, but it's kind of true. It's a really, it's a really stacked field that everyone had to get like to get in cam young to live. That's the rumor. Good afternoon, Rick. Goodbye. Low spot on Sam Burns. I don't think so. Right. At least not for DFS purposes. He's going to be very, very popular. And again, I, um, I, I can find some paths to Sam Burns not being great this week. If you want to bet him outright, if you can find a good number, maybe that's interesting. I don't know about playing him in DFS. Uh, here's a question about Adam long. This is a hard question to answer, right? Do we go back to Adam long? Adam long was really good last week. Uh, or excuse me, was really popular last week. He did not play well in the opening rounds. And then he withdrew and cited illness. I don't love trying to dive into whether he was actually sick or he wasn't like, wasn't playing up to his expectations and wanted to rest and just get out of town. I don't know. I would say that about a lot of guys. I say that about Hideki. Adam Long doesn't WD often. In fact, that might be his first WD ever. That that's the first WD I have on him. So in over 200 events. So I'm almost willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he actually was sick. So if I'm willing to forgive Lowry's weekend, do I have to forgive one round of Adam Long? Kinda. Yeah, I think I do logically. Um now, does he set up well for this golf course? Well, let's look at it. He is uh, very accurate, which is going to be good. He has been hitting his irons and wedges much better. The putter can pop. He gained nine strokes of the Travelers, but generally he's a small positive. He doesn't hemorrhage strokes anywhere. This is this is a pretty good stat profile, as it was last week. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to look at. Oh, I wanted to look at his, uh, at his um, projected ownership because I, I imagine... 1.8%. I mean, come on. We, we got to play the guy, right? 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 Am I, am I trying to convince you or myself? I don't know. Any concerns? No, I already answered that. No, no real concerns about the guys that are, that are taking off. Uh, and I've answered, I've answered a couple of these as well. Need one and done help. I have Finau and Cam Smith as my top guys left. And we do include the tour championship, not full payout. Should I save one of them for the final week? Does that include the starting strokes? That's the key, Michael. If Michael, if it includes the starting strokes, you need to probably save Cam. Even if it doesn't include starting strokes, uh, I think playing out of the fairway is critical this week. Uh, I'll read you a text. A player in this field said to me, let me find it. You won't see a low score missing a lot of fairways. It's so hard to hit it close and it brings water on the approaches. That is from a player in this field about how important it is to play out of the fairway. So when Cam, like he is pretty objectively the most wild of the big guys. 
I would probably play Finau this week and Cam at the Tour Championship. Um, also, I would uh, definitely do that if it includes um, starting strokes. This is a brilliant question. Um, what's your risk tolerance on playing Jason Day after the WD last week? I don't feel great about this. Uh, he he because. If, if you can, like, he's going to withdraw. He's capable of withdrawing while he's playing well. He just showed us that. He gained two and a half strokes on the field in the opening round last week. He was three under. He was in the mix and withdrew. That's that's pretty terrifying. Um, what's his ownership going to be? Because the idea, okay, he's 1%. I guess the good news is if, if, you, if you're playing a, a 20 max and you have him in one lineup, you are 10 times the field, right? Right, that'd be ten percent. No, one out of two. That'd be five percent. You're five times the field. So, I what I like is you don't have to have a lot of him um, to to be overweight because he played so play. I mean, he played great last week. Hey, Rick, is this the course that Berger always plays well at? Yes. If so, can we find a few similar stat profiles? That's interesting. Um, all right. Let me let me think about that. Well, actually, you know what? I guess I kind of, I guess that's kind of cooked in, right? That's cooked into this. That's cooked into, obviously, Berger dictates the success at this golf course a lot for the correlated stats model. Um, you know, Berger, a golfer who, you know, when he's at his best, he's hitting a lot of fairways. He's usually a good approach player. The putter can get hot. I mean, this, that, that lines up with, with this stat profile. So in theory, if you trust that stat profile and you look at the last 24 rounds, best player, the, the most similar player would be Tony Finau. Um, Tom Kim is up there. Rory is up there. Xander's up there. Some of the guys that are lower priced would be like Sungjae or Mito Pereira or JT Poston or Russell Henley. Those would be kind of the non-stud options. Okay, you nailed the winning score last week, 18 and a half. The one guy winning by five really, really has been there for the under. Yeah. Um, Matt sets the line at 14 and a half over one, over even money under minus 120. Um, I really was hoping it was going to be firm and fast. They got rain last night that someone told me, uh, somebody there told me it was biblical, the rain they got there last night, which is, a little disappointing because I was hoping it was going to be like super firm, super fast. So I would probably take the, um, I might take even money on that. I know the greens are receiving well. I know that five fairways still have the old Zoysia, which is, which is much softer. So it'll probably be playing out of the fairways. If the PGA tour does its preferred, preferred lies. Um, and what's the weather if they get any more rain this week. So here's the weather. So thunderstorms today and maybe tomorrow, if they get any more rain, like they might play preferred lives right now. I, I, I think I'll take the over this time, which would be better than 14 and a half under par. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, says, Rick, you're the man I find this week to be extremely interesting because we haven't seen some players since the Open. I know you rely on the data, but narratives kind of have to play a role in it this week. Sure. That's kind of where I got to Victor as well. Um, one and done. Rom and Rory or Rory and Rom? Uh, Rom and Rory. 
favorite 6K. Wow, it took us a while to get to like a question like that. Okay, so favorite 6K plays. I think Taylor Moore, who has a sixth place, a fifth place in his last two. He is got four top 24 finishes in his last five. Um, I'm I'm fine with Hoagie, right? That volatile ball striker of Hoagie. I'm fine with Lahiri. I'm fine with John Hunt. Honestly, that's 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 a pretty good range. You also have like Callum Terran, Steven Yeager. I mean, there's a lot of really good guys here. Cheston Hadley, who we talked about. I know I'm naming a lot, but I think that is that illustrates like, like why is this field so good? Cause all of these guys, like the guys at the bottom had to play themselves in. They had to play that they had to play well to get in. So you get a lot of guys at the bottom who are playing well. So Jaeger and probably Taylor Moore are probably my favorites. Last two in a three max Colin and Henley. Or Lowry and Neiman. I kind of like Colin and Colin and Henley. Yeah. Do you do an optimal one and done review for the entire season? Uh, sure, Jeff. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Or I mean, add that to the list. We'll we'll do that. Um, that's fine. Brendan Steele is another guy. So this says like Brendan Steele just showing up all over the place. Yeah. So he's just so very much on brand, right? So here, here's the argument. Let's look at, uh, oh, can I do this? Um, Justin Thomas won this event losing strokes putting last year. It was a smaller field, but putting is not like a super highly correlated stat to success. That's great news for Brendan Steele, who is arguably one of the worst putters on the PGA Tour. Uh, but look at his ball striking. So this is his last handful of starts. Plus 7, plus 12, minus a half. Plus 4.5, plus 9, plus 8, plus 11, plus 2, plus 7. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so hope that he can JT this thing. A lot of Sam Burns questions that I've answered, so I'm going to just continue to roll on here. Ugh. I'm in the lead in the run and done. I'm so jealous. I got into the lead, and then I think I missed five straight cuts. Not thrilled about that. Um, you have Willie Z? Yes. I believe that like the last couple of weeks weren't good for Will, and he finished T20, T21, and now he's got a new voice on the bag go into a golf course that's probably a top nine course for him on the schedule, I think you must. I have answered the Jordan Spieth questions. <clears throat> okay, here's Patrick Cantlay question. What do we make of Cantlay skipping the Bermuda Florida swing every year for a thoughtful guy Seems to be his game. Seems he might feel his game is not optimal on the surface. Uh, I could find out why he skips that. I'll find out for you. I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is, but um, I mean, he's he's fine on Bermuda on Bermuda, right? I mean, he's an even putter. I don't know why he skips it. Me, I mean, he's a. I know he's a big routine guy, and for whatever reason, if he just like does not like that, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I'll find out. But I don't think it's because of his putting stats. 
Uh, what's up, Rick? Thanks for adding DraftKings salary uh, to the tournament predictor page. Yeah, so I've been asking for suggestions. Uh, you don't need to send any more. I've got like 400. I'm not kidding. Um, the ones that were easy enough to do, I've already implemented. So you'll see those throughout the site. But yes, I did add that. Uh, already talked about Grillo. Yes, I like him. A lot of questions about Brandon Steele. Cam Young or Victor Hovland? Boy. Boy. All right. There's also a follow-up question about a deep dive of Cam Young, which will I'd rather just do that. Someone said his irons are off recently, Eli. Let's see. Uh, that's, 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 <laughs> it's kind of bold, right? I mean, he was a slight positive at the Rocket Mortgage. He gained four at the Open. He did lose at the Genesis and he lost at the Memorial, but plus two, plus six, plus 2.6, plus, I mean, that's probably like, uh, there's, there's no evidence that he's ever been better than that. I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's true. I think he's fine. He's one of the best off the tee players in the world. He's got touch like nobody else. He, when he plays well, he gains across the board. It's scary stuff. He's very, very good. Um, yeah, I have no problem with that. Revy or Kisner? Yeah, I think it's I think it's Revy a lot here. Kisner's it's it's very scary when Kisner doesn't play well at Kisner courses. It's very scary when Webb Simpson doesn't play well at Webb courses. Uh and Revy has been awesome at Southwind and he's playing well. I, I'm not sure this is even close. Like, which, which, which means Kisner probably wins the like wins a matchup or whatever. But like objectively, like let's remove ourselves from variance. There's no way the answer is not Ches Revy here. There's just no way. Oh, Lincoln asks about Oliver. He's doing much better. Thank you. Yeah, he's uh healing up good. Uh he's back to his mischievous ways. He's all good. What coffer do you expect to withdraw tomorrow morning? Uh, I'm not gonna play that game, but if I had to guess. Well, let's think about it. Um, what? Why would somebody withdraw tomorrow morning? Because they have maybe a lingering injury? Well, I know Siwoo wasn't playing well, but he withdrew on Sunday last week. Now, was he playing? Was he? Did he withdraw because he was hurt and he wasn't playing well? Or he wasn't playing well, so he withdrew and said he is back hurt? So we don't know the answer to that. But if we say 20% of the time, he actually did tweak something, like if that ha- what if that happens on the range tomorrow, right? So I think your most likely candidates are Siwoo, Jason Day, obviously, right? I'm not, I'm not I don't think I'm I don't think I'm breaking any news here. Um I mean Adam Long, right? I mean he said illness. He didn't really say injury. He said illness. Was was his was his WD. Hayden Buckley, he's got like that apparently like lingering wrist injury. Like I don't think any of these guys are going to withdraw necessarily, but you're asking me a question. I'm doing my best to answer it. Uh, TJ wants to see Max McGreevy, who I believe is min priced Max McGreevy's stat profile. So here's, here's the, the McGreeves. Um, well, I'm getting a phone call from Moscow. Think Putin, think Putin wants to chat. Oh boy. I might be in trouble. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's a great week. I mean, he gained five and a half strokes ball striking at the Wyndham, was was a plus around the green, putted well, and finished T5. That's amazing. That approach week, or that ball striking week, is 
pretty significantly the best that I have on record. Now, to his to his credit, I only have eight tournaments measured for him. Um, but that's by far his best ball striking week ever. Do we think that he can continue that? I'm a little bearish, but I think that he at least proved, hey, if he can get it going, um, you, you know, you inject a lot more guys into this field. I think his upside's like T19. I think that's like the McGreevy upside for this week. Oh boy, you guys come up with the craziest one and done pools. My one and done restarts the pool of players. We get two players this week and next. Top eight make the finals with accumulated winnings. What two would you save for next week? I don't even understand what is happening here. Um, you get everyone back? I would save like. And then what do you do? You go through the tour championship? Or no, if you don't go through the tour championship, you save, you play Rory and Rom or Rory and JT or Rory and Scotty or something like that. Um, I'm not sure I even understand that. Do you ever parlay head-to-head matchups? Um, no. What I will do is I'll do uh, I'll do the props, right? So I'll I'll go to Prize Picks. So they have birdie or better matchups. And by nature, you have to parlay these. And a lot of these are just always way off. So um, Andy Mentel has been tracking these head-to-head matchups for us. And the headliner has just been smashing. Uh, last week wasn't as good. I think they lost last week. But I think that was the first losing week in like two months. So you kind of just look at ones that don't make sense, right? Like Cantlay versus Keith Mitchell. Patrick Cantlay is a way better golfer than Keith Mitchell is. Um, Jordan Spieth versus Maverick McNeely. That doesn't make sense. Shane Lowry versus Kevin Kisner. Doesn't make sense. Uh, As much as I love Tom Hoagie, Sungjae over Hoagie. Colin Morikawa over Varner. But if you don't want to play Varner, that's fine. Um, How about... I mean, Poston over Munoz. How about... Some of these are a lot closer. Um... I I would probably stop there. But like, yeah, I'll, I'll parlay these into kind of different, different, you know, two leg settings or, or two leg entries or four leg entries or all that fun stuff. Um, and then I'll look through, like, I actually think that fairways hit is now going to be a lot higher now that five, five. So I knew that five of the fairways already had Zoysia and they got the rain yesterday. I would be like pounding round one over props on fairways, especially for these really accurate guys like Morikawa and Fitzpatrick and Corey Con- Oh my God. Like I would just be just like smashing overs here. Um, if, if all three hit that's five times. So I, I, I play this. If you want to play it, there's a code Rick. It gives you an instant deposit match, gets me credit, gets you money. Everybody wins. Um, I think, I think those have changed. I think the fairways have changed significantly since the rain last night. Can we go back to Tom Kim? Okay. <laughs> Let's look at this objectively. Um, if I if I told you a golfer gained 12 and a half strokes putting last week and that he had the 16th best shot length performance ever since we've been measuring the putting, uh, you'd be like, there's no way he does that again. Especially when you look at the rest of his put- like the rest of his putting career. Right, he is a maybe slightly better than average putter. 
in his very short career that we have measured, like maybe a very small positive. So unlikely that that happens again. I think that's fair. Can he kind of ball strike this thing to death? I actually think that's a better argument because he gained seven strokes ball strike at the Rocket Mortgage, five at the Scottish Open, five at the Wyndham. That's the path. I just don't think that he um, puts it anything close to what he did last week, which is going to limit his upside, especially in this field. So when you start looking at him at like a 17% ownership and maybe that gets higher and he has no course history, I'm probably out on Tom Kemp. Also, it's his seventh straight week of playing I th- I believe I'm I'm going to I'm going to be happy to be wrong on on Tom Kim. If Tom Kim goes out and plays well, more power to him. He'll, he'll establish himself as an up and coming star on the PGA Tour. I don't think I can get there. Great cap. Yeah, thank you. That's my uh Travis Matthew hat. I'm not sure if you guys have realized I'm I'm rocking the Travis Matthew gear now. That's that's by design. You know, Sam Burns, John Rahm, uh, Corey Seager, uh, Chris Pratt, Rick Gaiman. What do they all have in common? Travis Matthew ambassadors. How about that? How about that? Let's go. Let's go. Love it. Um, Andy's article on Rick Run Good today says that Willie Z is a bad course fit. Do you agree? Um, I don't know why he said that or how he said that. I trust Andy's opinion a lot. I will say this. The course fit model did not like him as much as like I my eyes like him. I, I will say that. Look at all the adjusted course fits here. Will Zalatoris does not show up until like golfer 25. Um, he's below Aaron Wise and Cheston Hadley. So, so the model actually agrees with Andy. Um, my eyes, and at least maybe it's maybe it's a bit biased of me to because I'm kind of just comparing it to like the last couple of weeks that we've seen him. And I think I've been so excited to get access to Will Zalatoris that like on a course that I think is like generally positive for him. Um, maybe I'm over-exaggerating it. Andy and the model probably agree. I, I might be a bit more bullish than I should be. This is the week Webb gets top 10 because that is golf and no one will be on him. Yeah, you have to remember, it's just really weird. Um, Question about Scott Stallings, which I think is interesting. This is obviously a much different field than Stallings has been playing in. Um, He's been fantastic, right? Four consecutive top 13 finishes. I do start to worry because the only places that he has struggled recently have been when these fields get really, really tough. U.S. Open, Memorial, PGA Championship. He missed the cut in all of those, but the the ball striking is just so hard to overlook. Look at how well-rounded he is. You know, maybe it's because I have Daniel Berger top of mind, but um, like when Daniel Berger is at his best, he's well-rounded. He he gains across the board. Xander Shoffley does it too. Harris English, when he's at his best, does it too. It's a really really valuable thing to have because there's not many guys that do this. Uh, and there's not many guys that are priced in a way that Scott Stallings is that do this. So I do worry we're getting an influx of a lot of great players that's going to um, really kind of skew this for him. He's going to have to play really, really well. But overall, that's 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 pretty solid. Hmm. Um, 
there's a question about my betting card. So, okay, let me pull it up real quick. So I, I placed some bets yesterday. I think I have five of them at this point. And here they are as follows. Um, Will Zalatoris at 25 to 1. Colin Morikawa at 32 to 1. Victor Hovland at 35. I, I say this all the time. I bet Victor every time he plays, but I generally think, so, and I play him when I think it's a horrible setup for him. This is, a, this is I think, a better setup for him. Neiman at 52, Hatton at 57. So five golfers between 25 and 57. That's who I'm betting. It doesn't mean that's who you have to bet, right? I don't let you guys log into my Circa account and, and place bets. Um, don't let me log into yours and place bets for you. But that's who I've bet. And I tried to keep it that 25 to 60, right? That like, dispro- that, that I know it doesn't feel like it, but that tier disproportionately wins more often than it should. And I didn't want to go too far because I think you've got to be a, a legitimate golfer. We haven't even talked about Terrell Hatton. He's trending in the right direction. Joaquin Neiman, I actually feel worse about now that that rain came in. I'm hoping they can, I'm hoping it was so, they were so behind on rain that, that golf course was begging for it and it sucked it up. And like, it's not, I, I, I want it to be firm and fast for Joaquin Neiman. Um, and then the other guys, like if you're going to give me a, a more cow at 32, I'm going to bet it. Like we we've learned that, right. He drifts to 30. He wins. He drifts to 30. He went like we learned. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with this card. I'm not always happy with this car with my cards. This one, I'm pretty, just pretty satisfied with. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Pendrith? Yeah. So what he's on the verge of doing is kind of breaking a little mold. So I think what we, what we thought about Taylor Pendrith was that he could only contend and compete on like Detroit golf club, bomb and gouge, bomb and gouge, bomb and gouge. Um, I think that the Wyndham was not a great spot for him. He finished 13th. That's very exciting. The ball striking is phenomenal. If he, I, I'm not going to have much Taylor Pendrith this week because I read what the guys are saying about playing out of the rough. He plays out of the rough constantly. You're not going to be able to go low. You're not going to be able, you're going to bring in a lot of water. You're going to bring in a lot of big numbers. I'm, I'm not going to have Taylor Pendrith. If he plays well this week, I'm, I'm in right? Like I'll buy all the Taylor Pendrith stock moving forward if he can play well here. Um, and if, and if he does it like out of the rough or something like that, or if he clubs down, but, but I think this is going to be a real litmus test for him, whether he is a course fit guy or he can contend and play well everywhere. So I'm very excited. I will not be involved in him, but I'm very excited about him. DraftKings has suspended my account, says Steven, while they investigate collusion. How hard will it be to pivot over to FanDuel? I'm innocent, by the way. Yeah, that's what they all say. To a modern day witch hunt. Uh, That's what Steven says. Listen, uh, (laughs) I I, I get asked about FanDuel all the time. DraftKings should be paying me. They're not, but that's a different conversation. I just like the software better at DraftKings. I don't, I, there's something that does not fit my eye at FanDuel. I will actually give FanDuel a lot of credit. They have signed some golfers recently. I know they're trying to get into golf much more, especially on the sports book side. They often have competitive lines. I'm, I'm FanDuel, I'm available, but like, I like that stuff. Uh, the other, my, my larger point being the scoring is so similar 
I, I kind of get annoyed when not annoyed, but like when people are like, oh, hey, I heard I saw that you like this guy. Do you like him on FanDuel too? And it's like, well, yeah, probably. Right. As long as like the the salary somewhat aligned, like the scoring systems are so similar. Golf is like, who's gonna play the best? Who's gonna make the most birdies? Who's gonna like it's just it's not that big of a difference. So, Steven, long story short, you're probably not gonna have that much time pivoting. Steve says, Rick, explain. Seems like most podcaster podcasters are down on the live guys. They're ta- ta- taking on an incredible amount of money, which sets them for life. Why people think they owe to the PGA to play on that tour. Steve, th- yeah, this is, um, I'm going to need like three hours on this. And I've done a couple of podcasts. If you go back and listen, 300 yards to unknown, I've recorded a couple of podcasts. I don't think anyone, I'm not going to speak for anybody. I'm going to speak for myself. I don't just, dis- I don't besmirch these guys taking a ton of money. I do not. I don't, like go, go get the bag. I don't care. I like the PGA tour. I think the PGA tour has plenty of flaws. I've been very critical of the PGA tour. I'm like no PGA tour stand, right? I love golf. Um, I think the problem that I have is they're all full of it, right? Uh, just tell us you took the money. That's fine. Tell us that they've also, a lot of them have basically lied the entire time and that's their own admission. Right. So like when they do you remember when Bryce and DeChambeau tweeted out and put out on Instagram, like, I'm not going anywhere. You don't have to like you will you don't need to listen to rumors. I'm staying on the PGA tour. I'm loyal to this tour. Remember when he did that and he treated everyone like they were idiots for believing that he was gonna go to live? He had already signed with Live. And they told us that in their court filing. Because the court filing argued that he had to tweet that when he didn't want to because of the backlash. So he is, they're out here lying to us. Are we okay with that? I'm not like, I just think they're jerks or at least some of them are not all of them, but like I got, I I need like more hours on that, but that's, that's my problem. I'm not going to speak for everybody. Like, and, and that's, there's so many nuances. There's so many nuances. Rick, am I an idiot for thinking this is a no-cut event? <laughs> You're not an idiot, but it's not a no-cut event. That starts next week. So this will be the last uh, the last week with a cut. Why did Adam Long withdraw last week? He cited illness. Um, can you do a deep dive on Troy Merritt? Yeah, that's, that's a name we haven't covered yet. T14 at the Rocket Mortgage. Three really good ball striking weeks in a row. The putter, not great, but it's not horrible. How does he put on Bermuda? Eh, It's his worst surface. Does he hit a lot of fairways? He does. Okay, it's fine. Like a five out of 10, five and a half out of 10. Very small lean. I probably won't have access to him, but I understand why you might. A lot of the same questions, which is good because we're almost at the end. So if I didn't, if I wasn't getting the same questions, we'd be in trouble. This one just says, oh, smash the like button. I agree. So Victor Hovland, Russell Henley, and Aaron Wise versus Sung J, Wills Outdoors, Taylor Moore. Um, I would go the first one probably. Victor, Russell, Aaron Wise. Also, do you see a weather wave? So here, I I pulled this up a little bit earlier. I, I didn't discuss it. So it looks like Thursday afternoon, the wind gets a little windier up to like seven, eight miles an hour. And then Friday afternoon, it gets a little windier, like nine to 10 miles an hour. So I, I would not say that that is, uh, as of right now. And as we know, summer's in 
Memphis uh, can change very drastically the weather from one hour to another. I I do not see this as a big edge. If you see if you see a difference between eight miles an hour and eleven miles an hour being being important, then then there's an edge. If you don't think that three miles an hour of wind is a difference, then I like I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's actionable. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I might have broken some news that I wasn't. Not, not, I thought that was common knowledge, or at least, uh, I mean, everyone's been highly rumored. Let's say that. <laughs> I got to find my spot again. Um, OWGR questions. Yeah. Okay. 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 I've answered a lot of these. This is good. Okay. Rick, Mark says, Rick, the ground here is very dry in Memphis. So it'll soak up any amount of rain quickly. Love that. Might soften the course a little tiny bit, but it would take a lot of rain. Uh, perfect. Are y'all going to any Raiders games this year? Maybe. That stadium is insane. Yes. I'll look into that later. Projected ownership on Taylor Pendrith. Oh, and then there's, there's another good question coming up. I have Pendrith at 5.7%. Uh, Kurt Kitayama, is he a viable option? I think so, right? So let's look at Kurt Kitayama. Kurt Kitayama is like a really good fantasy golfer because when he plays well, he has top five upside. When a lot of guys play well, they finish T31. I don't care about the missed cuts if you're going to offset that with top threes. And that's exactly what Kurt Kitayama does. So last three, T20, he made the cut at the Open Championship, T72, runner-up at the Scottish Open. Remember that? Um, The ball striking numbers are good. He's always very good off the tee. And he's a lot longer than most people realize. Bermuda's actually his best surface. He's not a very good putter, but he's like a zero on Bermuda. He's very inaccurate off the tee. That worries me. But um, otherwise, this is a pretty good stat profile. And when he plays well, he's going to contend. That is very, very rare to find. Question on Streelman. I think I could probably get behind Streelman here, but let's just confirm this. So, okay. Not very good on Bermuda, but he's not a very strong putter in general. He will play out of the fairway. The approach numbers are great. He hasn't lost since the PGA Championship. The putter's all low. This is also good. So again, speaking of guys that when they play well contend, I, I, I'd throw I'd throw Strelman in there because he can have an 11-stroke swing in his strokes gained putting three weeks apart. He lost six and a half in two rounds at the Wyndham, gained five at the Barbasol. That's a good thing. No one is playing Kevin Streelman with hopes of him finishing T40. They're they're playing Kevin Streelman with hopes of him finishing third, right? And he, and he that is absolutely possible. Um, I'm pretty interested, like for for anything game theory situation, like Rom, Spieth, like I'm I'm very happy to fire those guys up. So the question was about Rom. Um, yeah, he's not been like as good as we would have hoped. Still been very good. I'll pull up the stat profile just so that we like have a, a reference point here. Oops, if I can spell his name correctly. He is probably the best driver on tour. I'm not sure it's that close. He because he does it. He doesn't do it like Bryson, where it's just pure length. He is long. He is accurate. He has 
every shot shape off the tee. This is the part he needs to fix, right? Or this is the part that we say he's struggling with, the approach play. He's still gaining basically every single week. It's not three, four, five, or six a week, but he's gaining. And the short game, which has been really the big bugaboo for him this year, he's kind of fixed that as well, for the most part. I, I'm I'm cool with Rom. I'm cool with Spieth this week. <laughs> Putin probably had a question about the most important distance bucket for the week. <laughs> Go pound sand for uh, distance buckets, Putin. <laughs> what if I got, what if like the stream ended right now? Would wouldn't we be scared? Wouldn't we be like <gasps> Rick got hacked? Like if this just went to like a black screen. If I had that, I'd click it right now. If I had that available and saved, I'd click it right now. <laughs> talking trash on Putin. Um, okay. There was like nine Rom, Rom uh, uh, questions in a row. Here's Alex Norton. Uh, okay. I have a little nugget on Norton, but I'm not sure if you guys care about that. So last time we saw him was Barracuda. He played well. This, he's playing well. He's playing well. He's, he doesn't drive it well, but um, everything else is fine. There might be there might be one thing we're kind of overlooking. So this golf tournament or this golf course, it's not really all that easy, right? I think they've broken twenty under par once in the last handful of last like decade um there have been many years where the average score has been over par and you get a winning score at like 12 13 14 something like that when you usually when you get those weeks short game is a lot more important than we are probably leading on right because getting up and down for par is a good score but the it's it's very weird because the, the 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 statistical nature of TPC Southwind says there's a huge penalty for playing out of the rough, um, which is true, and we've all kind of focused on that. There is there is kind of a lurking secret that around the like short game might be more important this week or as important or just not to be overlooked. And that's where Norin kind of fits in. The other thing with Norin, the nugget that I had is if you just look at playoff events, he's been awesome. Like just like strokes gained playoff events doesn't really mean anything. It, they change courses a lot. Um, but like if you're trending at the right time, having to play against tough fields, he, he does very well in, in strokes gained uh, playoffs. We are, uh, we're in overtime right now. I'm just going to keep going. I think we're almost at the end. Sitting in the money on a pretty big one and done, but I'm trying to move up the pay ladder. I have Young, Cantlay, and JT remaining. Any thoughts on when to use each? Uh, I would probably go JT, Young, Cantlay, right? So did my light just get dimmer? Yeah, it did, right? Hold on a second. I'm going to fix that. Behind the scenes. Okay, I think that's I think that's better. Okay, so... Might be too bright now. I'll have to fix it. Um, JT's been great at Southwind. 
there, there's going to be a really good argument to be made for Cam Young next week on a golf course that no one has played. So these rookies, every course that they play, no one has played. Or, or excuse me, every course that they play, they've never played. So now it's a level playing field. And then Patrick Cantley obviously won at Eastlake last year. How is Mito 15th in adjusted course fit even after so many missed cuts? Because it's not really about his finishing positions. It's about the metrics that the model cares about that says here's the types of golfers that have that have played well at TPC Southwind and how he ranks in those. So you could like, if for example, if putting is not important at all and you lose a hundred strokes putting a week and miss every cut, you could still be the number one golfer in the in the um course fit. Corey Connor seems to be catching a lot of heat. I cannot believe it, it's over an hour and um Corey Connors has not been discussed. How can you not like Corey Connors? I, I know I know the I know the argument is upside. Uh but he's going to put himself in position frequently. He did it again last week just like he had a Corey Connors week. How can we be how can we have liked Corey Connors last week? He did the most on-brand Corey Connors thing and then we don't like him. That doesn't make any sense. That's not logical. I'm in on Corey. Uh, can you run a new model? Sure. Just because I've got all this stuff loaded in. Okay. Let me try to zoom in here. So, um, okay. I would probably, whoops, sorry about that. I got a little aggressive on the zoom in. Let's say less like 12 rounds. Let's go real small. Um, let's say, let's do a kind of a different one. Okay. So let's, let's, let's give, give the credence to off the teen approach. We know that's going to be important, 15 and 15. But let's let's give a little love to around the green. That's not something let's say, let's say this turns into like just a tough, tougher field than we tougher course than we expect. Um, so we'll put 20 on around the green, we'll put like 10 on bogey of uh 15 on bogey avoidance. It's like wow, okay, now now things are shaping up. Let's then put um 20 on fantasy points, and that leaves us well, let's do fantasy points gained, and that leaves us with. 15 more and let's just put 15 on strokes game on, on Bermuda putting, right? Like let's get total. Like this has got to be completely different than what I did earlier this week. My number one golfer is, I think it was, it's Scott Stallings. I think it was Scott Stallings earlier in the week. It's because I picked 16 rounds or I picked 12 rounds. And I think earlier in this week I picked 16 and he's just been phenomenal. Number two is Tony Finau. Number three is Xander Shoffley. Four, Russell Henley. Five, Taylor Moore. Pat Cantlay, six. Uh, we didn't talk about Cam Davis, seven. Sung Jay is nine. I don't know why I skipped one. Terrell Hatton is eight. And Trey Molinax is 10. So I got a little bit freaky there. But this, this, this model kind of makes sense, right? This is taking an approach that says, while everyone else is taking ball striking, we're going to say this plays a little bit harder and short game is more important than we think. We're still giving love to the ball striking with off the tee and approach. We're still giving love to fantasy points because we're playing a fantasy points game and we're still giving love to Bermuda putting. This is a pretty, that's a pretty fair model to run, right? Pretty fair model to run. Scott freaking Stallings, number one, Tony Finau, Xander, et cetera, et cetera. I already read them off to you, but that was, that was kind of interesting. Uh, 
there's just conversation happening in the chat. Is it dumb for me to start a lineup with Hovland, Morikawa, Burns, and go mega balance? Mega balance. I feel like those three provide a ton of win equity. That's fine. I'm probably not as high as Burns on everybody else, but that's okay. I can be wrong. Um, yeah. Like, okay. The nature of this field, because everyone's here, like they have to obviously price them out, right? Like not everyone can be $10,000. So you end up getting uh, win equity at lower price points than normal. And I believe, Drew, you've identified a lot of the win equity, right? I mean, what's Hovland got? Six wins worldwide. Morikawa's got six. Burns has four or five, something like that. So yeah, that's 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 pretty good. Okay, we're almost at the end. Um, oh, I sparked, I sparked a, uh, I sparked a live conversation. Sorry. Any big vacation plans after the season? Yes. That's all I'd like to say. But yes, we will take, we will take a week. And it also happens to line up with my birthday. So it ends up being like a birthday vacation trip. My birthday's uh one of the two weeks that the PGA tour is off before the Fortnite. I I legit do not agree with these com these comments about live in the I I'm I can't I can't I can't be baited into this right now. Um Matsuyama withdrew, so we don't feel good about that. You should you should play him. Can you miss the cut and still play on points next week? Yes. It's not. So there was also a confusion about this. I probably should have covered this at the top. This is a normal cut event. Top 65 and ties. That does not determine who moves on. The FedEx Cup points still determine who moves on. So you could make the cut this week and not earn enough points to get into the top 70 of FedEx Cup points to move on. Don't be confused by that. Producer Mina's picked the win. She'll text me. Uh, she said, Terrell Hatton on the Holy grail. Is there a way to see actual rankings for, for Bermuda putting? Yeah. Whoa. I was, I zoomed in. So now I got to zoom out. Um, yeah. So everybody in this field, go to more filters, click on Bermuda. Oh, I already had it clicked, uh, sort by putting and it's all aggregated in the, uh, in the upper right here. There you go. There's Bermuda. Oops. I'm not showing my screen. Sorry. So under more filters, click Bermuda, sort by putting. That's everybody in this field and their price and every other stat on Bermuda. <laughs> if you had to pick one guy to win and your life depended on it, I guess Rory, right? Like, why would I not take the favorite if my life depended on it? Also, Rory McIlroy is in the midst of the best eight tournament stretch Uh of basically anybody in the last two years. Also, Rory McIlroy has basically the best course history of anybody in this field. If my life depends on it, I put it in the hands of one Rory McIlroy. You know, you guys. And then the very the very next follow-up question is best golfer to win not named Rory. Was that not enough that I put my, my, my life on the line? Um, I kind of like Patrick Cantlay but I would not trust him with my life. All right. We're going to stop there. We did 11 extra minutes. So here's the deal. 
Sign up for rickrungood.com. It is a giant golf database focused on fantasy and golf betting. It's all I cover. There are no other sports. It is golf 100% of my time. I'm constantly making upgrades to it. Everyone can vouch for that. I'm always trying to make it better. It's my baby. I love my baby. You'll love it too. There is a jock market power hour tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Rick Rungood YouTube channel. We will walk you through the final moments of that IPO. We'll talk through the whole thing. It'll be a blast. Use the promo code Rick on jock market. Use the promo code Rick on price picks. These are things that get you bonuses, that get me bonuses. We all win. I'm excited for this week. It's going to be a great run. I don't have anything else to say. Good luck. Goodbye.